the best place to buy tires? Where's the best repair shop for my hybrid? Questions about your car? Drive into Dobbs. With more than 40 locations, our team of technicians will get the job done right the first time. For deals you can use, click on GoToDobbs.com now. Cheap, cheap, fun, fun. Spring is in the air and Dirt Cheap is in your neighborhood ready to deliver the perfect drinks to your doorstep. That's right. All of Dirt Cheap's convenient locations now offer delivery of their wide selections of beers, wines, and all the spirits you need. And if you're like me, nothing hits better in the springtime than a nice weeded bourbon. Ask the friendly staff at Dirt Cheap about their selection of weeders like Maker's Mark, Larceny, and so many others. Download the Dirt Cheap app and order curbside or delivery. Have fun, but be careful out there. Our friend Rick Venturi joins us on the Brown and Crouppen Celebrity Line on 101 ESPN on this day after Super Bowl 55, a 31-9 win for the Buccaneers over the Chiefs. Coach, it's always great to talk to you. How are you doing this morning? Good. Uh, what, a, what a surprise last night. Not necessarily that, uh, you know, that Tampa could win the game or would win the game, but uh, I thought it was just amazing because it really turned into a, a total butt kicking, if you will. You know, I just thought that, uh, you know, that really when it was all said and done, uh, the Bucks were so much better prepared and coached, uh, so much better disciplined, 11 penalties to three. You know, and really just at the end of the day, they, they were just a far superior, uh, you know, team in that respect. And so, you know, I think that was a surprise. Uh, I, I have to say that, you know, I guess I'm honored, I guess, in a way to, to you know, I, I, Tom Brady has to be now, you know, the most transformative uh, athlete of our time, of my lifetime. And that goes back to the Musials, Mantles, Aarons, you know, guys in pro football, guys in pro basketball, uh, you know, maybe with the exception of Bill Russell, but the seven titles now, uh, one with a different team uh, in an era since 93 that has been built on parity is just amazing. And, you know, I'll, I'll say as an afterthought, I couldn't be happier for my good friend, Bruce Arians, who really is every man. Bruce is a guy that tells it like it is. He's never had an easy day in his life. He's had to work for everything he's got. So I was really happy for him. You know, he's kind of a old school in some ways, but progressive thinking in other ways. He has the most diverse staff. Um, you know, he says what he thinks. And, man, did they prove it on the field last night. Coach, tell us about your first interaction with Bruce Arians and how you got to work with him. Well, it's, it's amazing, but in, in 1996, uh, Bruce and I uh, came together on Jim Mora's last staff. Little did we know Jim was only going to coach seven games more, uh, and we came in there on the tail end. Uh, we were new to the staff. We became good friends. We lived right next door to one another in the transition period, and then I became the head coach at midseason, and the first move I made uh, because I had a lot of respect for Bruce, was to make him the you know the de facto offensive coordinator. So I can say uh, honestly that Bruce Arians, and I'm honored at this, uh, called his first plays in the NFL for me back in '96. And it's hard to believe, as Sherry and I were talking about, that's 25 years ago. But you know what a culmination last night of a, of a good career. That's amazing, Coach. Well, Tom Brady won the MVP award last night, but a lot of people think it should have actually been Todd Bowles who was the MVP of that game. Yeah. What a brilliant defensive plan he had. He made Patrick Mahomes and that, Chief and that Chiefs offense look mortal for the first time really ever. So what was your impression of what the Bucks were able to do on defense last night? 
No, that's a, that's a great observation. I think two things that stood out for me. One is the Bucks went back and did what you've always been able to do against the Chiefs, but nobody did it in the playoffs, and that was run the ball. Remember, they were 21st at the end of last season, and when the Colts upset them a year ago, the Colts had 150 yards rushing. Well, I thought last night when they came out and established the run with Fournette, who I like a ton, you know, he kind of wore out down in Jacksonville. They got down on him, but he is a talented guy. But when they did that, that opened everything up for Tom. Play action, took the rush away. No question about that. That was number one. My second big surprise was not that Tampa was not a good defensive team because that's the most underrated part of their team two years in a row. I saw it a year ago, and I saw it at the end of this season. But I I was concerned that their secondary could hold up against that explosive chief offense. But what he did, Michelle, is everything that you have to do to beat them, and some people have tried but don't get it done, is number one, they didn't let anything over the top. They banned the bomb. Number two, they played tough on the edges. You know, reverses with the Chiefs are as big as bombs, and I think the one reverse went for like seven yards. And then I have always said this, shut down Hill. I know I know, Kelsey's great, but if you keep Hill quiet, uh, you know, make the rest of them beat you. And I thought they did a good job. And then I thought their linebackers just really did a good job, maybe better than most people could do on Kelsey. And then the fourth thing, which ended up being the tipping point, was, you know, they took advantage. Those two edge rushers, which I was worried about from a Kansas City standpoint, just absolutely mauled those backup tackles. And so the depletion of the offensive line ended up being their Waterloo, you know, with Barrett and Pierre Paul coming off the edge. I mean, um, they had three sacks, but 11 quarterback hits. And between third and fourth down on those specialized situations, uh, you know, Kansas City was four for 16 and 0 for 3 in the red zone. So there is no question that that was a defensive-dominated game. Coach, I, I don't know that it would have made a ton of difference because, as you mentioned, that front four was great and Tampa hardly had to blitz. But you go back to right before training camp started, the Chiefs thought they, that they were going to have Osemele and DuVernay Tardif at guard and then Fisher and Schwartz at tackle. And none of those four that they planned on having were there last night. Yet Andy Reid and Eric Bieniemy didn't give that offensive line any help either. There there wasn't a tight end. There wasn't a, a running back in there chipping. It, they were hoping that those backup tackles would be able to handle those edge rushers and it, that to me it, that's suicide I don't know how you think you're going to get away with that no I, c- I couldn't agree with you more and you see more and more of that Randy uh, you know in an era gone by uh, I think people thought protection first and you would never think of not protecting uh, two basically backup tackles against two. And those guys, I mean, Barrett and Pierre Paul are legitimate. It's, it's not they, like they came in on a load of wood Friday. I mean, everybody in the league knows how good those guys are, and yet they stayed in the spread. And I think what happens to them, and, and, I, and I thought it might happen, I thought it might be present there, is I think when you got a guy like Mahomes, he becomes the eraser to those problems, and you get to a point where – you know, maybe you think, hey, you know, we can get by with this because Patrick will get us through. And Patrick actually made some great plays. Some of them are incomplete passes just to get out of trouble. I mean, it was absolutely amazing. But I think the fact that the, the you know, that the, the Tampa got that lead and forced them into a one-dimensional game, then that rush was big. I also thought that Andy's decisions before the half to take those timeouts were absolute killers. You know me. 
Michelle, I've talked so much over the years about how important going into the half and coming out of the half is. I think more games are won and lost at that roundabout than any other time in the game other than the last four minutes. And I thought taking those two timeouts and letting Brady have more innings was absolutely crazy because really Tampa wasn't in a hurry to score. They ran a draw to get started. You know, they weren't, you know, they, they weren't really that aggressive. And to let them go down and get 21, I think, was the game. Yeah, and you mentioned the 11 penalties, but you had the neutral zone on the field goal that gives yeah. him an extra four. He goes for the jugular on the very next play. And then in the final minute of the half, you've got the two pass interference calls, and he, he gets you there, too. That's 14 points that you pretty much gave them. Yeah, there's no doubt about it. And But it was really a domination because, of, you know, you think back to it also, Tampa missed on, you know, inches away, uh, you know, uh, you know, trying to score with Jones in there when they, they actually stopped them. So, you know, to me, I guess the biggest surprise was not that Tampa could win, but it was, like I said in the very beginning here, it was a butt kicking. Coach, we wanted to ask you about some of the rumors that we're hearing surrounding Carson Wentz. He is allegedly <laughs> going to be moved from Philadelphia, and one of the landing spots people have speculated might be there for him are the Colts. As someone that covers the team and knows them pretty intimately, do you think Carson Wentz would be a good fit for the Colts? Yeah, I, I actually do. Now, it's a little bit of a roll of the dice, just like Philip Rivers was. You know, if you remember a year ago when we talked about Rivers, we talked about are we getting the 2018 Rivers or the 2019 Rivers, uh, which was two really different guys. Well, you know, because you had Frank Reich as his former coordinator, you felt good about the move, and so Rivers came in and really gave us the 218. I mean, Rivers played as well as he's ever played this year for us, and it proved to be a really good move, and I was really hoping that we would get another year out of him. So it puts the Colts behind the eight ball. You know, they lost in the stakes for uh, Stafford, but it's understandable when the Rams gave up that much to get him. I mean, the Colts weren't going to do that, that's for sure. They weren't going to ransom the future on a 33-year-old guy with a 44% winning percentage. Now, what you have in Wentz is you have a guy in 217 who was an MVP candidate till he got hurt. If you look at his numbers up until this season, and even 19, he took a bad team and got them into the playoffs. And then this year, the numbers are awful. They're terrible. They're scary to do it. But, again, remember his coordinator in 217, and when they won the Super Bowl that year, was Frank Reich. And I do believe, just from my, you know, knowing the inside a little bit, Frank believes in him you know he was there when they drafted him he believes he can rehab him he believes he had it and when i look on the film i can make a highlight film on him that you say absolutely have to have him and then i can probably turn it around and make one no we don't want him i think he would be a good fit he's only 28 years old the colts in this operation with jim ursay are not ever there is no ever such term as rebuilding here you're expected to be a playoff team every season here. And so I can't see them putting their stock into a rookie, even if they would move up to get him. So I think Wentz is viable here, uh, you know, pr- particularly with his background with Frank Wright. Hey, Coach, how do you feel about uh, watching Nolan Arenado every day? <laughs> oh, my God. I was, I was thrilled with that. I mean, you know, they kind of snuck that one in there on Super Bowl week. But I was like, holy cow. 
does that make them tough on the corners now? There's no question about it. You know, maybe uh, maybe my Rays and uh, my Cardinals will, will, will get into that final that final two. That'd be great. Hey, we always love hearing from you. Great breakdown of the game and great insight also on Carson Wentz and uh, how he would fit with Indianapolis. Coach, I always love hearing your voice, and uh, have a great day. All right, guys. Enjoy the day. Talk to you later. See you. That's our guy, the coach, Rick Venturi on 101 ESPN. Let me guess. Unknown caller? You could reduce the number of unwanted calls and emails with online privacy protection. The latest innovation from Discover will help regularly remove your personal info, like your name and address, from 10 popular people search websites that could sell your data. And we'll do it for free. Activate in the Discover app. See terms and learn more at discover.com slash online privacy protection. The new era of Thursday Night Football is only on Prime Video. This Thursday, TNF heads to the West Coast for a matchup between the Las Vegas Raiders and the Los Angeles Rams. Pre-game coverage begins at 7 p.m. Eastern with TNF Tonight delivered by Little Caesars live from Los Angeles. Not an Amazon Prime member? Sign up for a 30-day free trial to stream the game. It's the Raiders and the Rams, only on Prime Video. See Amazon.com slash watch TNF for details.